Hello and welcome back. This is Ends with Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecil Munoz and our executive producer, Sean Moe. All three of us back at the table as we celebrate our 50th episode of Ends with Z. Can you believe it, you two? Can you believe we're celebrating? We're, 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 we're happy to be celebrating 50 again. 50 episodes. Wow, that went by fast. It did. It sure did. And so many topics that we covered over mm-hmm. the last uh, year and a half, almost two years. And it was great listening back to some of those early episodes to see where we started, mm-hmm. kind of the, the road we traveled, and where we're going. And I'm so excited um, for the future of Ends with Z because I think uh, we've all learned a little bit about ourselves mm-hmm. and about people in general. And a lot about technology. You guys, let's just stop. Remember when we first boldly yes. jumped into doing this in 20, um, and we yeah. didn't even know how to wire the, the, the equipment to get the route output of sound, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and here we are yeah. today. Well, we, we bought the equipment. Fun. You bought the equipment online mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic when everybody else was podcasting. And I was watching YouTube tutorials to figure out how to connect everything and how to use this program that we use to record ends with Z. And it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We were learning. We were learning. And I love coming in to do our our episodes. I I feel confident. We built a studio. We we built the studio here. Bungalow number Number one. one. And we figured out how to find a 12-year-old on Instagram to teach us, or not Instagram, on, on YouTube to teach yeah. us how to connect everything. For yeah. me, yeah. I, uh, I love every, every time we get together to do this. It forces me to reflect on things that I find important yeah. to, to learn. I love learning. I'm mm-hmm. an ever-learner. Yeah. But it, it, it takes me out of my business mode into my me mode believe it or not even though it's we're outputting to our audience and to our listeners i really take it as a time for me for me to reflect what do i want us to say what does this Mm -hmm. mean to me why is this important to me so it's it's selfish i guess from a standpoint Mm -hmm. but i feel that it it is so rewarding at the end that we get to to talk about things any past episodes you two that uh really struck a chord with you or, or things that you've thought about well, we've covered so many topics yeah. over the last year and a half. You know, a lot of the first episodes were focused on the pandemic yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. and COVID. Everything was so new and, and we were just all trying to figure it out. But then we kind of got in our stride and, and moved beyond COVID. And, Thanks and for covered that, Sean. Things, you know, like <laughs> yeah, um, the election and um, technology. And I mean, I, I just think that I love the variety that we've covered. I think that yeah. we've we're doing um, ourselves a service because we're learning as well as yeah. we're going through doing the research. And for me, I love learning and I love being mm-hmm. able to, to, to recite the data that we've, yeah. we've learned in other conversations with people because I, I think it's interesting and they find mm-hmm. it interesting too. And I find it super interesting, Sean, that we have talked about something we've read because we all read so many different things. I know, Juan, for you professionally yeah. being on the news and giving the news, you, you you have to do this as well. But for us, we read something and then three or four or five weeks later, it appears to be more in the in the public discussion yeah. because I know you then start reporting out that's in the right. news and we come back mm-hmm. and that's really rewarding that we're um, on the cutting edge of, of the things that should be discussion points for us. My favorite one, I, I have a few, the voting one is super important. Mm-hmm. I remember in yeah. 2020 saying what makes us different as a democracy is that we have a, a we could have a coup d'etat every four that's years. Right. It happens right. peacefully. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, of course, 
uh, one six of 2021 forever change that yeah. and how we uh, how we recover and how we become better Americans after that mm-hmm. is something that is keenly important to all of us. I think the friendship and, and I'm going to tell you the series on friendship. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why um, it has been as a friend who loves you deeply, Juan. It mm-hmm. has been so beautiful for me to see you open up so much and oh, and and be loving and and choose to give more of your love and yeah. cho- choose to to give out sugar where yeah. you used to be a sugar yeah. free zone is is beautiful. Yeah, I've noticed that about myself too looking back at some of the past episodes where I kept things a little bit more on that professional news level. Mm-hmm. And the more I shared about myself uh I don't know the the more joyful I became doing that, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people can can relate to all our issues and all our problems and all our stories uh, because we're more alike than we are different, mm-hmm. right? So the friendship podcasts really did a number on me in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And I was mentioning earlier, I, I bumped into someone at the gym recently who's more of an acquaintance than anything else, and you know our our, our favorite therapist, John Sillin Paris in our friendship episodes mm-hmm. talked about the different layers of friendships yes. and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So um, those are episodes 46 through 49, if anyone's interested uh, in looking back. But he came up to me to just basically talk to me, say hello, and 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 tell me um, how he had spent some time in San Antonio and he was able to decipher the differences between the different type of Spanish-Mexican mm-hmm. accents, mm-hmm. people who speak Spanish who are, who are Mexican. Uh, immediately, my mind was going to go into the, you know, come on, buddy. You know, Americans have different accents. Correct. There's South, there's North, West Coast, East Coast. But there was that little voice in my head that said, be a good friend, be a good friend, be a good friend. And I listened to him talk and I just said, you know what? That's fantastic. I go, isn't it great you've been around Spanish speaking people for so long that you can now decipher the differences between the accents? That's really awesome. And I could see him just kind of perk up and he smiled and he really liked what he heard. And I felt good about myself, too, because Mm -hmm. I gave him a little validation versus, you know, and this is just an acquaintance, really. I I could have. Yeah, of course, you you could have sounded off. I I could have sounded. But you know what? I didn't. And I feel great about it. And I don't feel like I was giving something up by not speaking my mind. You You brought up. Yeah, absolutely. You brought up an episode that I forgot about that. If you guys think about it, and I apologize, I don't remember what num- what number of podcasts that was, uh-huh. but it's the one where we talked about the um, the the toxicity of digital uh, digital d- detox, detox was, was the, the title name of, of that it. episode, yeah. and we talked about how you let all this negativity in, and the negativity is going to pour out, and yeah. how much we were so eager to jump in and 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 cancel people. We were talking about the cancel culture and all yeah. of that, and look at where we are today. We are far more. We are further apart. We are, we are, um, we are more angry. We're right. more separated, and and we did that. What episode was that? That's Sean? episode number thirty-six. Wow. We yeah. did it back in March of this year. Fourteen episodes. Wow. Ago. Um, it seems like forever ago. It but seems like forever goodness. ago. But but look at where we are today, and yeah. and so we. That's why I I thank you both for the opportunity to to not only continue to share my life with you guys, but to have a really safe space to share these ideas. Yeah. You guys challenge my thinking all the time, and you support my thinking all the time, and you two uh, in this little tribe we call Ends with C make me a better person. <laughs> 
And we hope our listeners also take away something every time they listen to one of our podcasts, because I know I do um, every single week that we're together. Um, episode 15 was all about being adaptable, mm-hmm. right? And um, my goodness, I, I share that with people all the time. Like you need to adapt, you need to pivot, you need to change with the times. If not, you're going to say stagnant and, and not move forward because life moves forward right? and in pain because yeah. life will change yeah. and mm-hmm. if you choose not to you will mm-hmm. constantly be against nature you will be swimming you know upstream you will be yeah. swimming against the tides yep. all the all oh, the cliche yeah. statements for a reason um sean any any other episode that really jumped out at you um since you're the one that does a lot of our research and keeps us yeah. on point. Right, right. I'm trying. Well, you know, one, I know the one that we did, the fan focus one with Carlos. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, that was fun. That one, I think, really um, resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. I've, I've gotten comments on my Facebook page from friends of mine who listened to that episode that really related to what he was saying yeah. and really liked that podcast. Changing a lot. your career, having the courage to, to do something. After 16 different. years in banking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's one of our most downloaded episodes as well. So you can see right there already how much his story resonates with so many people. And I had a chance to chat with him not too long ago. He's doing great. He's He's experiencing just other aspects of his creative mind that uh, he's now, he now has time to dedicate himself Mm to. So I don't want to give too much away because I would love, he's going to, be he's going to be back, back of mm-hmm. course. Um, to, we, we told him we want to know what yeah. he's doing. So yeah, that was that was one of those episodes that uh, I know a lot of people um, really enjoyed. And grind culture was something that we also hit with several episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it was forty one and forty two, mm-hmm. and just that kind of led us into the Carlos episode mm-hmm. and into that feel that so many people had, where they just felt they were grinding away, and and you know the hustle culture. And then we talked a little bit about uh, quiet quitting and quiet firing, which you know we were touching upon those uh, subjects just as it was becoming part of the right the the daily conversation. And we're going to see more of that. Yeah. I, I think yeah. 2023 professionally from the work that we do at U.S. Executive yeah. Search, we we see it. We are looking for different types of leadership. We're looking for people who can engage in a multi generational workforce in a different way. Because at the end of the day, the reason that brought us together to create this podcast was because I think, Juan, we needed to start talking about um, all the all the madness that was happening uh, happening around us because of COVID, because we Mm -hmm. went into isolation. I think that in 2023, I I look forward to talking about things that are going to help us come out of what I think what the data is beginning to show has truly changed Mm -hmm. us. As mm-hmm. a as a generation, yeah, multiple generations, and that is being isolated, being right. um, living under a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all are different, whether we recognize it or want to recognize it. We all are. Yeah. I think it's going to take even a bigger, more loving community, bigger, bigger, stronger bonds mm-hmm. to be better, yeah. to be healthy. We started this pan- this uh, podcast in the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? And I remember. Uh, uh, our episode one was only about eight or nine minutes <laughs> introducing ourselves to yeah. our listeners. Um, the word social distancing, uh, Zoom, Zooming, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, making, um, t- taking meetings uh, on your computer. Mm-hmm. All that was such a new um, vocabulary for all of us. We've grown so much from from that. And I'd like to think of 2023 as the year that uh, ends with Z, zooms forward, moves forward. Mm, it's, I like that. It's the year of looking ahead instead of looking back. We've done a lot of reflection, right, mm-hmm. over the last 
few episodes, but you know, let's look ahead and and I and I'd love for our listeners to to also reach out through our website ends with Z. We read all our email and um Give us an idea of what they'd like to hear us talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. Also on Instagram, also yeah. you can you yeah. can message us on Instagram. Uh, Sean, what do you want to look forward to? What do you want to talk about in twenty twenty three? Well, I want to continue to, you know, make sure we're talking about things that are are on the cusp of becoming mm-hmm. yep. popular or in the that's mainstream. your strength. He finds it. Yeah. yeah. So his gift, I would say. <laughs> You know, I, I want to continue to talk about just the human condition and mm-hmm. how we relate to one another, um, because um, once the pandemic does end, like you said, we're going to really see yeah. a lot of the data that that explains exactly what we went through and how it happened yeah. and why it happened and how we changed and why we changed. And we're going to have to evolve from that. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, I I am excited to talk about, or I want to dive into, and it sounds like such a, it seems like such a big topic, but I, I want to talk about um, dating. I want to talk about relationships. I want to yeah. talk about love and how people partner and um, even even sex, dare I say that. Yeah, I want to talk about all of that because there's because somebody's going to have to explain some of the new terms to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, relationships versus situationships mm-hmm. versus yeah. whatever. Cuffing versus nothing. Oh, God. Now, now, now you're just making me stress out before the holidays. And, you know, I have Googled some of the words that you told me, Sean. And let me tell you, it's a rabbit hole that I did not have enough latex to put on over me to go down that rabbit hole. I just turned off the computer because it gets a little stressful for me. You're welcome. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, so I want to jump into all of those things because I, I I find no safer, more fun place to do it than with the three of you guys. That's right. Joining us today in studio is John Salimparas. He first joined us in 2020 in episode 19, Discomfort, Not Danger, Surviving the COVID Mind. I feel that I'm going to be perfectly prepared for the holidays this year because we have our favorite psychotherapist <laughs> with us, the best friend to the podcast, John Salantares. So for good being to back, have you John. back, John. Yeah. Always good to be back. And we we were thinking of how to close out the year. It's a it's a big year for us yep. at mm-hmm. Ends with Z and there was a lot of thought of different things we could tackle, but the most important thing that we thought about tackling is helping us prepare for the end of the year, a lot of reflection, a lot of um, thoughts on what we lived through, what we learned, and how we can be better, and how we can be prepared for uh, even better 2023. Right. Living in the present, John, but also looking towards the future. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Well... The holidays always seem to be an interesting time as a psychotherapist because you'd think people would go away and you know spend some time with their families away from their homes, but usually the numbers go up and people want to come in because really? it caused people a lot of distress. Wow. And usually it's centered around people putting a lot of undue pressure on themselves, mm-hmm. maybe society driven as mm-hmm. well, you know, around time management, spending, mm-hmm. hanging out with friends and family, um, needing things to be perfect. Um, buying the perfect gift right. and in this economy obviously it puts pressure on you you feel guilty that you maybe can't afford mm-hmm. it or you overspend um, and then also the end of the year is always an interesting time too because although people get into it as you said mm-hmm. Juan earlier that um, people really get into you know planning New Year's resolutions and stuff it's also a time where people do a lot of reflection yeah. uh, over the year and sometimes if they don't have a lot to show for it 
they're very hard on themselves about it. Here's another year. I don't have a lot to show. I didn't lose that mm-hmm. weight. I didn't buy that house. I didn't get that promotion. Especially in the time that we're in now, right? We're still kind of post-pandemic, still in a pandemic. And um, a lot of people put a lot of dreams and a lot of goals aside, right? Yeah, and I think we're still assessing our losses from the last two yeah. and a half years. I don't think we fully realized mm-hmm. the losses that we we endured, and I don't think we fully realized uh, have realized the medically and psychologically the impact how it has fundamentally changed us, all of us. Mm-hmm. I know we we're seeing tricklings of research, and we'll see probably more in the next four or five years of where we are going to be post pandemic. But just from a mental health perspective, we see we're beginning to see the the impact of all of this. Yeah, and then the other thing that people do to themselves, uh, I do it as well too, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, we put pressure on ourselves about being cheerful and we <laughs> have to enjoy yes. the holidays. Like we don't want to be the Grinch, you know, you have to. So I so we say to ourselves, well, everyone else looks really, really happy. Why am I not? You know, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I feel rushed. I actually found myself getting angry. Uh, I think it was... End of September, beginning beginning of October, I walked into a store and they were playing Christmas music. And I remember thinking, we haven't even had Halloween yet. Oh. And do, don't you guys feel like they're all of their, this year, they seem to be rushing Christmas yeah. and the holidays even far earlier than, what is that about? Well, is it is it com- consumerism or is it just, oh my I, God, we would just want to be happy? I think I have an answer for that. And, I, and it has to do with the, a lot of, uh, we've been talking about in the news cycle is, a lot of these vendors and merchants had all that merchandise mm. floating out uh, in the Pacific Ocean waiting for you know transport to That's get right. it to its location. Um, if you all remember that last year. So there's a lot of inventory out there the that they logistics. want to get rid of. So things are starting to back up. So they need to flush out a lot of inventory. So I, I did notice that. And the same thing with Black Friday sales. Black Friday sales started early November. <laughs> and I was just getting bombarded <laughs> with emails. Yeah. Uh, Black Friday sales starts today. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? And my inbox got flooded. I don't know about you two, but yeah. I sure saw. A lot yeah, of but email. for me, I found it. I I I found it irritating that I was yeah. being rushed to have an emotion. Maybe it was that I was feeling pressured. Like, wait a minute, I'm not ready for the year to be over. I'm not ready to start thinking about those things. But I I know that I started. I was at the mall in Century City. I started hearing it super early. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it used to be, you know, November 1st, right after right. Halloween, and then there's that stretch, you yeah. know, you have the, the hurdles, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas, and then New Year's Eve, and then by January 2nd, everyone's fine again and back to normal. But yeah, I mean, that's what I've seen as well. I think it puts pressure as soon as you start hearing those Christmas carols, you know, uh, at wherever you go, Macy's or Nordstrom or whatever, um, that starts. And the other thing that I always see is people put a lot of pressure on themselves and they, they, they tend to overextend and overcommit mm-hmm. for the holidays too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see people coming in in complete overwhelm. Like people want, you know, my family wants to come, wants me to come to New York or I'm supposed to go to San Francisco and I feel rushed or I feel tired or I can't because the kids are sick. And so that I see causes a lot of overwhelm. So we're talking about triggers. I think the music mm-hmm. for me yeah. triggered me. So how do we, in, in the work that you do with your patients, how do we handle, what's your advice for us to, start to, to manage in a way where we can be mindful and aware um, of what perhaps is triggering us and, and take control of, of that anxiety-building reaction? Well, people usually know that around this time of year, this thing happens to them. And so we usually talk about it beforehand mm-hmm. because if they're going through a difficult time in September or in August, 
or even in early October, I say, you know, and, and the holidays are coming, so let's be prepared for that. So it's just keeping your um, emotions uh, in the forefront of your mind so that you don't go unknowingly and unconsciously off to, you know, on some mm-hmm. sort of overwhelmed tangent. Um, so it's heightening awareness and being prepared and, and being careful not to go into what we call emotional reasoning, which is where you start thinking about things in the future based on your emotions. Like if I feel scared about the future and, oh my God, the holidays are going to be horrible, then I'm setting myself up mm-hmm. for maybe more anxiety that way. So how do you keep oh. your emotions in the forefront without being in your emotions? Does that make sense? Yeah. There are ways to be able to separate myself. Like, look, right now, I'm. Th- if I gave this example before in previous podcasts, my apologies for repeating myself. Oh, I'm myself. sure we need to hear we it multiple like times. We always like to yeah, get a refresh on that. <laughs> it's kind of like right now I'm remembering my third grade teacher, right? I'm just mm-hmm. remembering her. Okay. But another way to look at it is, is I just noticed that I had a thought that I remembered my third grade teacher. So there's separation between a thought and the fact that I'm having a thought. Do you see what I mean? So active participation versus standing afar and realizing that you're having that But the active participation means I'm stuck in it and I can't see around Mm -hmm. it. So in other words, I could say, oh my God, the holidays are coming. It's going to be terrible. Or I can say, hmm, the holidays are coming around. This is about the time of year. There I go again. I just had another negative thought about it. Maybe I should keep it in my mind. Mm, Okay. So there's a difference between, again, paying attention to it as just a thought or it's a reality and a fear, emotional reasoning that I have to protect myself against. We don't want to do that. You want to enjoy the holidays that way. There's always, there's so much concern and there's so much, uh, seems so much negativity. I know we were, when we were talking about this podcast and, and Sean was great, our executive producer of giving us lots of different research and, and how people are feeling and some of the things that are coming up this year versus next. And the term always holiday blues and holiday sadness, yeah. all of that comes up. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that always wants to look at the glasses half full. And and I will tell you, it has been challenging for me this year to to feel that way. And so I found that I was almost overcorrecting myself to to feel better about things, to to seem happier, even though wow. there were moments, yeah. That's the pressure John was just talking yeah. about, to seem happy and yeah. yeah, I was up last night till three o'clock in the morning. Well, obviously I don't I don't go out, but I was up till three o'clock in the morning, um, getting my house ready for when you guys came over. The only thing I didn't do was go down into my really creepy basement, which is underneath the house. Because, as I told you, John, for the simple reason that I thought if I go down there and, you know, the raccoon crawls under and hits me over the head, no one's going to find me down there because it's, Juan, you know where it is, but nobody else does. (laughs) So, uh, and I was up till three o'clock in the morning saying, okay, you know, willing uh, joy, peace and serenity now into my house. And, Hmm. um, and yet I had a negative reaction when, when, I have asked him three times, are you sure we want to call, say holiday blues? Or, because I just don't even want that thought to enter my mind. Hmm. It's amazing the pressure that I put on myself. But do you think that's pressure that came from your family? Because that's the way the Munoz family dealt with um, preparation and people coming over and being a host? Oh, my my family, they're the most incredible hosts you will ever mm. there. But they do it out of love and, and kindness. Yeah. No, I think this is me. I, I, mm. I don't I don't want to put it on them because they... they um, because I do that when I'm down there too. I think we we always put on a brave face, yes, in our family, but we're just as happy to sit there with you while you're while you ball your eyes out. We're we're okay with that too. And then we tell you to you know our our motto, our family motto is um, figure it out and <laughs> suck it up, Buttercup. You know that's just. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, it's, it's, All right. So but, th- that's an undue pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. Luckily, hopefully it was on a small scale just today. <laughs> but imagine people doing that, you know, all through the holiday season, yeah. you know, constantly every single day. The house has to look great. Lots of, you know, hosting and walking in the streets and being going to stores and going to work. So the fact that you're able to reflect on it right now in this way and see it and pull back and see it from the outside looking in is what most people don't do. I've started managing my stress um, a little bit earlier in the season. I was telling Cecile, John, you know, once the calendar hit December 1st, the first place my mind went to is on December 20th, I'm back in Florida with my family. Mm. And that immediately you know, triggers, right, are about the mm-hmm. past, right? So um, I was thinking about what it was like last year, my mom's attitude. I've mentioned about her negativity in the past. Um, you know, she sometimes likes to marinate in, in, in negativity, and and I don't like that. And it, it came to the point where I reached out to my sister and I said, um, is there anything we could do in the time that we're there to just get out of the house, do something, because I just don't want to be sitting around mm you know, in that negativity. And, yeah. and, and I try to be um, understanding. I try to be um, uh, an ear to, her, to my mom. Just let her talk and, and don't provide. We talked about this during our friendship podcast. Just listen. Don't try to resolve any of her problems because it's always, it's the same cycle. She's trapped like in this hamster mm-hmm. wheel of, of negativity. And when January 1st rolls around, I'm just so, I'm one of those people. I'm just so glad it's like, I hit reset and and we can move forward. But you know what? I'm okay with that, Cecile. You go, oh, but you know, I'm okay with that. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that I recommend to people when the holidays come around and I can see that they're feeling overextended is instead of staying one week or 10 days with your family or having them come to you, try to shorten. That's what I did this year. Last year, I spent Christmas and New Year's. um, That was a long time. And it was two weeks. It was two weeks. And. The minute I came back and I look at my calendar because I like to look forward, I said, not in not in 2022, baby. <laughs> and I shortened it where I'm back yeah. in L.A. to spend it with my loved ones um, here for New Year's Eve. Shortening it and then also turning it into a vacation for you, too. Like I suggest they plan things at the city yeah. that they're going to to visit their family. Do activities. Correct. See your friends. Don't spend every single moment with your family. Um, and you know, no matter how, whatever self-actualized you think you are and enlightened you are, if you think you're that enlightened, go spend a week with your family at Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. my God. That is so true. Yeah. I uh, go back to being 12. They will oh, push too. all of your buttons. 14 for me. Uh, it's very natural. Yeah. 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 And, and my time is really, um, monopolized, you know, by, by my mom. It's, it's not easy to say I'm taking the car and I'm going to go see a friend for lunch. It's like, wait a second. I haven't seen you in an X amount of time. What, what, what do you mean you're going to go away? Right. So to avoid that conversation, then I don't plan anything. Then I'm mad at myself for not planning anything. That's right. You know? What did you call it? I love the way you called it. The holidays. It's the holidays with the side of negativity. You know what I mean? And, and, and I get it. And the interesting thing is, John, I started looking back at her, you know, pre, pre my dad passing away and post, um, and even going as far back as when we were children, she's been the same person. It's just, I think I'm realizing things, more clearly as an adult you know you see a a parent more as Mm -hmm. an adult versus Mm -hmm. a parent right so i can see the the flaws or i can see the the issues they've always been there so 
that gives me uh, an opportunity to not feel so guilty about it, like I'm abandoning her or doing. It's it's been the same. Mm-hmm. She complains about not having girlfriends and this and that. And it, looking back, she never had girlfriends. So what what are you talking about? But you so, can make a different choice now yeah. as an adult. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to end the conversation about <laughs> my mother, <laughs> uh, because I think a lot of people relate to that. I don't want this to you know be 40 minutes. No, but you're, you're talking about boundaries and yeah. the permission to say no to people yeah. and having an alternative plan. Look, sometimes I get radical with people and I say, if you don't think it's going to offend your family, and I did this with my father who was in mm-hmm. Florida, is I stayed at a hotel. It, I needed a oh, space boy. in the evening. Wow. Can you imagine doing that one? <laughs> if I stayed at a hotel, John, oh You might boy. as well get on a plane. I don't want to go at all. My father didn't like it in the beginning, but I said to him, look, I'll be here at eight o'clock in the morning and I'll be here till midnight. I'll be with you all day, but I need, I need to step away. I need to step away. It's just my thing. I didn't have to explain it to him. Yeah. He didn't like it in the beginning, but he did uh, accept it afterwards. I was going to ask, how? why isn't it okay to say to your family, yeah, I'm not going this year, in a loving way, or maybe a firm way? I think way. it is okay if you have actually something you're doing, right? Yeah, especially if you have a family and you have a lot of mm-hmm. obligations and, and responsibilities. But yeah, it's it's a very tough question. I mean, obviously family loves you and they want to see you. Um, so, But I still think you have permission to say no and delineate boundaries. When I was married, because I don't have kids, it was it was interesting. Uh, and friends do this too. Friends make the assumption that just because you don't have children, that you are the one that should be flexible. Correct. To right. well, you should come. You, you should don't come have to come, us, right? right. Do you do you mm-hmm. find the same thing with sure. you? Yeah, you don't it's have just kids. Easier, yeah. Oh, it's, right? well, but it isn't easier because our lives are equally yeah, complex we'll and yeah. demanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think we're conditioned to believe that just because the other party right. has children, I mean. That that we are the ones that always have to acquiesce, and we are the ones that um, should should bend to to what other people want. What are your What would you recommend for for someone who is alone and in facing this? Because we know the stats now. There was a really interesting report out by several uh, Morgan Stanley was one of them. Several entities that are that the number of of women, particularly from the ages, I think it was 25 to 30 or 25 to 40, that are living alone now and will continue to live alone went up from, I think, something like 17% to 34%. And that number just increases as they get older. More and more women uh, are going to be living alone, most of their lives alone. So what do you recommend for people that, uh, where you're seeing perhaps an increase of loneliness and and how that holiday time affects them? I know a lot of people that, are okay with friendsgivings, uh-huh. you know, and holidays, uh-huh. spending time with friends and staying in the city that your family is not in. And other people could never, ever imagine doing that. And they have to go despite the fact that it can be, you know, a stressful time. Yeah. So it's really the preference of the person and what they want. But I personally don't think that it's a good idea to be isolated and to mm. be alone, especially uh, on those nights, um, unless you have such an aversion and you actually feel accomplished <laughs> that you're yeah. by yourself Christmas <laughs> Eve. But um, no, and especially with the last two years with a lot of people being unable to travel and not being able to spend mm-hmm. time with each other because of social distancing, that has really increased depression levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen more people in emergency rooms. We've seen drug and alcohol addiction rates go up. Mm. So it's not a good idea to be alone. So cuffing season refers to the tendency for people to romantically couple up more frequently during the coldest and darkest months of the year. So it's Mm -hmm. also connected Mm -hmm. with seasonal affective disorder, Mm -hmm. which is the depression that people feel when the the days get shorter and the eyes are are exposed to less light. 
That affects the neurotransmitters that mm -hmm. regulate mood and affect, so mm -hmm. people get a little more depressed. So put that in with cold winter months, and let's go back to you know caveman, cavewoman, right. and people came together more to huddle up in the cold. And I guess when you're huddled up, you tend to you know <laughs> do a little more extracurricular activity. Um, so I remember those. That's one of the reasons. But the other drive is. Uh, cuffing season may also be inspired by people feeling pressure to be coupled during the holiday season, especially with a lot of family gatherings and parties. It's a time to be happy, cheerful, cheerful, and generally people don't like to be alone or unpartnered. So uh -huh. the holidays represent family. Yeah. And when you're single, the families tend to say, as it happened to me, when are you going to get married? When are you going to find that perfect yeah. person? Oh my God. So yeah. people uh, maybe uh, yeah. involuntarily get into relationships that they sh maybe shouldn't be in. It's so interesting how many triggers, how many buttons, uh, uh -huh. 30, 45 days, 60 days. 62 days. And it comes wow. every year. <laughs> 62, <laughs> right. I mean, it's like we spend the rest of the 300 plus days bracing ourselves for the 62, 62 days of the year. I, I can tell you that I, I am thinking really carefully to the holiday parties that I go to because I do not want to hear that damn so, are you dating anyone? I mean, I just right with joy to the world and silent night. Yes, in the exactly. And yeah. and what are you doing for New Year? And it's and it's gonna oh, it's gonna be something special. And I I almost you know took a match to the mistletoe when I went to go get all my garland yesterday. <laughs> I was down at the flower mart and and the man said you know <laughs> he must have read my face. You want some mistletoe, I'm lady? Like, right? Yeah. Do you want to? Need of the nuts, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I know we're a, we're a clean podcast, but yes, that was what I was feeling. But the cuffing season. Um, do you do you think there's more activity this year? That there's uh, more um, openness, right? Yeah, there's or more there. desire because we've been locked up for the last two years. Yes, I read an article recently that said that this year could be a high cuffing season because the last two years we have been. You know, told, yeah. mandated, and all mm -hmm. that stuff to to not gather and not be together and to wear your mask and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to see that. So again, so we're talking about a biological, physiological change that happens around this time mm -hmm. of year, hence the winter blues. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the 62 days, and this year it started before yeah, Halloween, as you like said. Yeah, You've got the 62 days of uh, being exposed to the holidays, and again, the possibly holiday blues towards the end of the year when yeah. we do that reflection. That isn't always a happy reflection. In the past, you've talked about the feel-good hormones during this cuffing season. Mm -hmm. Are they? I guess they're they're lower. You're you're seeking that high, right? Uh, they would be lower because, right, your neurotransmitters are um, negatively affected right. by the fact that you're looking at less light. So the hormones like um, melatonin and others mm -hmm. like that, yeah. chemicals like melatonin are forcing your body to go into sort of a low energy yeah. mentality as opposed to high energy mentality. I've noticed myself say a lot, it's like, gosh, the day is so long, or it just feels like the day is so long because it, it becomes dark at what, five o'clock. You and mean the day is so short. short? The day is so short, right. Or, or I feel like my day has gone on for so long because you know, I'll be sitting around at eight o'clock and my body feels tired or I wanna lie down. It's like, it's only 8.30. Because but it's it felt already. like it's been night, I see what you're you know, saying. for a while. Yeah, yeah I That's see what right. you're That's saying. Yeah, I I I think that um it's it's going to also be especially hard. I was just home for Thanksgiving and I think I had mentioned to you that I had lost a niece um very yes. early on in COVID mm -hmm. due to mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. And I and we were all saying 
goodbye. I had obviously a house full of people. I'm the last of seven, and I host for everyone. And my oldest sister, um, whose uh, daughter we, we lost, uh, I'm giving her a big hug. And I said, so are you coming tomorrow? And I'm all excited. And, and she said, no, we have to go to the funeral, to, to, the, to the cemetery. I said, why are you going to the cemetery? And I looked at her face, and instantly I knew. I, and I felt yeah. so riddled yeah. with guilt. Um, but I was so excited that everybody was home. It was Thanksgiving, and I was already talking about Christmas, and we celebrate Christmas. And she said, no, I've got to go, and, and all of us are together this year, so all of us are going to go to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And it hit me that there's a whole group of people, um, millions of people that are going through this holiday uh, season, whether yeah. it's Christmas or Hanukkah or uh, uh, whatever holiday you celebrate alone or with yeah. r- deeply missing whether the person has passed or whether yeah. the relationship yeah. ended or whether they yeah. had to radically change their life because the economy is such that they had to move um, in a very different place. And that's another point we didn't talk about when we talk about the winter blues mm-hmm. and holiday blues is that even before the pandemic, the holidays bring back memories of holidays from the past that yeah. were wonderful and now yeah. they're not. Mm-hmm. People that have passed, mm-hmm. we've moved away, we don't have it the way it used to be. You know, sometimes people tend to over-romanticize the holidays because yes. they used to be so great. Why can't they be great again? And they forget that it's time to sort of re-invent, reinvent the holidays for yourself and, you know, make new memories. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get stuck in the old memories. And why is it that we always say they used to be? Why do we feel like if they were once great, we're not able to make things great again in a new definition? What what caused that cemented feeling in our brains that just because it was X, Y cannot be better? I think it's a combination of loss that we have experienced since Mm -hmm. then. It's never the same as it used to be. And uh, we get attached. We get attached to how things were easier in the past. Maybe when we were younger, we had less responsibilities, yeah, and it was just a, mm-hmm. a, a a more a warmer, easier, less responsibility time. Yeah, and I think as you get older and you continue on the cuffing season, and you've loved and you've allowed yourself as a as a as an adult or as a mature person to to really open up and maybe be vulnerable to someone, got your gut kicked in a little bit. Maybe it is that that you feel that it's going to be harder because you can never be vulnerable again like that yeah. and experience that again plus or maybe cuff, you can plus cuffing season might be part of that selective advantage we talked about last time which is that um cuffing is maybe important so that people in the past procreated that brought them together they mm-hmm. felt a little down yeah. and a little depressed and uh, maybe a little intimacy elevated their mood and oxytocin and oxytocin and a little love serotonin. and care and <laughs> that bonding oxytocin is the the bonding yes. hormone chemical mm-hmm. and we so, don't produce it any other way right uh, I'm not sure I, but I, 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 I but I know that. that hugs and you know good conversations and warmth and friendship and intimacy it brings all of that out is cuffing season a distraction then I mean is it something just to keep your your mind away from those negative thoughts and you're distracted and at the end of the season, whether or not you stay together, it's like, okay, now it's, I'm out of the, the holidays or I'm out of the... That's a great question. I would say it's a pretty good distraction. Yeah. yeah it takes me yeah. out of the doldrums of yeah. my day because, oh my God, all of a sudden somebody new is yeah. in my life and we know how good that feels, at least in the beginning. Because yeah. I know as long as you keep someone distracted, I know this from personal, you know, <laughs> um, and, and you just, that's why I was telling you, I asked my sister, are there things we could do? As long as mom's distracted, she's okay. 
it's when it's the quiet times, the silence that, you know. The wheels start turning. The wheels start turning. So That's a good point. So maybe yeah. that's how some people have dealt with holiday blues yeah. is they have gotten into relationships and or found a mate that all of a sudden, because of the holiday blues, right. blues criteria we just talked about, has given them something to right. focus on instead of the sadness right. of the holidays. You're not sad. You're now looking for a, a gift but is the or jo- your But, is, but yeah. is the joy ride worth or the crash life. at the end? That's a good one. Cecile. Don't wow. tackle I know. I'm assuming there's going to be a crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not jaded. Um, well, yeah, I guess I am. Well, Shakespeare said it was a madness most discreet. That's true. <laughs> That's Oscar true. Wilde said curable only by marriage. <laughs> wow. So uh, Tolerable only by divorce. Yes. Uh, there you go. There I you need, go. Need hey, look, boy, the great thing is we're talking about this, right? And a lot of people, there, there's that picture-perfect holiday family that you see, and then there's the rest of us, right? That That's may right. not be in that in that happy place. I'll tell you one thing: when I go back to Florida, something I notice that doesn't really happen here in Los Angeles as much. Every single television commercial for the holidays is that twenty member family, you know, Everybody ar- hit, around hugging, the table, kissing, people yeah. coming in through the door. Uh, you see grandma, you see the parents, you see the kids, the see the dog in the picture, and I look at this and I'm like, what family is this? Because that's not how I grew up, you know. I mean, I grew up with eight people max at the dinner table for Christmas, and you know, the older ones had passed away, and that's a lot of stress. And I think if you're not in the right headspace, I think too, when when people like my mom sees those commercials, it just reminds them of what they don't have versus what they do have. Which I always try to push, push, push. Think of all the great things you do have. You know? That's a big trigger of the commercials yeah. too. Yeah, any right. kind of ads that 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 show this very together and very yeah. warm and. And you don't family. see it here in L.A. as much, which is interesting because you know L.A. Mm-hmm. I think is a lot of singles from a lot of parts of the country come here. Mm-hmm. Um, in Florida, it is family first. It is very same in especially, Arizona uh, on Spanish television. It's all about family, all about family. Yeah, but you can still feel very much alone. Of course. In the quiet in of your crowd, mind, because sure. mm-hmm. I, I will tell you, I am so fortunate. I am, I am the luckiest girl alive. That is my family. That picture, and you guys, you too know my family, yeah, Juan and Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is the way it is at at my house. Mm-hmm. We don't lock the door for a reason. Somebody knocks on the door. This is my house in Arizona. And and I always it's locked say, here, John, as you know. Yeah, yeah, it is locked here with <laughs> with an alarm and ADT does down the street. But there, when somebody knocks on the door, we say, "Who the hell's knocking?" You know, meaning not who's here, meaning why isn't somebody just coming in? Well, who who not? Yeah. Just come on in. This is your home. And it is that relative after relative people who are friends that are like relatives and everyone's hugging and kissing and happy and loving. And even though we disagree, it's always like we're going to love each other really hard. But it doesn't mean that at the when everybody's gone, you don't realize, oh, my God, I'm still here all alone. Hmm. That's a good. So point. that's also another another pressure that I think and I'll say it out loud, me personally, that I feel lately that why am I feeling this way how dare I feel this way that's when right. I'm surrounded by you know 157 people that adore it, yeah. me that's the guilt yeah. the guilt that I, I have to be a saint yeah. at least for one meal or at least for the week that I'm here but again getting back to cuffing the pressure is so powerful um, again we're talking about it biologically as well as socially that it's almost as intense as it is Valentine's Day because there's a whole oh, yeah. generation of people that don't adhere to Valentine's Day and feel that pressure as well. We don't need to go into that. But that's a time where, yes, it's you're happy, but what about the people that are not coupled, mm-hmm. the people that don't have yeah. partners have Valentine's Day? It's a really tough day for them. 
We'll get back to that in February of next year, John. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. Yeah, I, we'll talk I just, about it. I don't. Yeah. I have my own obviously views on on Valentine's, um, Valentine's Day. What are some of the the recommendations? Any recommendations? Any remedies? Any wisdom and wonderful advice that you're always so great to to give our listeners? So I give people a sheet where there's you know behavioral things they can start looking mm-hmm. at. I call them remedies, and they're very basic. So one is slowing down and pacing yourself, and again being aware of that right. emotional reasoning that I talked about a minute ago. Setting realistic expectations regarding the obligations and time with family. And that means setting clear boundaries and limits with others about what you can and cannot do. Yeah. It's okay to say no. Um, uh, you're not going to have everything perfect. Mm. And um, nothing's going to go exactly the way you want it to go. Uh, if you go away to visit family, try not to stay too long. And when you are there, take time for you and make it a vacation for yourself. And then setting realistic budgets for gift giving and travel. I mean, we yeah. have to really pay attention to that. Especially now, because yeah. the economy is yep. still very strained, and families are still really, yeah. really trying to figure out how do they stretch their budget to accommodate all the things they want to do for the, for their kids. Yeah, and I think that emotional um, reasoning and not being aware of where your thoughts are going, despite it happening so many times, also distances us from you know the true nature. Like we forget, we abandon the true nature of the holidays. Um, because of the hoopla. Uh, And the true sentiments of the holidays are what? It's reconnecting with friends and family and most importantly being kind to each other, which is something that in my mind has fallen by the wayside these days. Yeah, and if you think about it from the Jewish tradition, uh, the holidays for them start with the the Day of Atonement, I think. If if Mm -hmm. I'm if I'm mischaracterizing, uh, I apologize. I'm just thinking of uh, so many of my Jewish friends, and I think that Day of Atonement at Yom Kippur is so beautiful that they mm-hmm. start, they kick off, I guess uh, in the American tradition, we, we start with Thanksgiving, but when you start with Day of Atonement, and then you go into the happiness Is it a it. fast? You break a fast? Yeah, uh, is that, is that yes, right? uh, I believe so. Um, it, it's it. I, I respect that because yeah. they, they're setting their intention of, uh, first, they have to they have to stop and reflect before they start embracing what's coming up in the future. And and I, you're right, we forget we forget about all of that. I'm I am happier seeing my friends than them showing up with something to give or saying, um, let's just hang out. Juan, we were talking about yeah. uh, how what we would prefer to do on New Year. Uh, we prefer to hang out with each other and Absolutely. Ha- have conversation mm-hmm. and and eat and laugh and do nothing as long as we're together versus. Um, trying to go somewhere to feel forced that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at place A having this kind of a meal and I'm supposed to be happy and you know it's it's a lot of a lot of pomp and circumstance yeah it is um, again the true nature is again being kind to each other spending yeah. time with friends and family but that does not involve again all that perfectionism mm-hmm. perfectionism that we talked about setting the bar high mm-hmm. and living with all that expectation the other thing is is um you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, looking at the new year brings on a lot of pressure for people too. And Let's so, talk about that because right. that, I, I, I have, I've said before, I do not set um, a, a New Year's resolution. I just, mm-hmm. I, I believe if I want to change something in my life, I change it. But I, you know, as I'm trying to think differently and be, not be so rigid <laughs> in, my, in my approach, I do see the value of saying I'm going to pick this day or the day before that day to set my intent as a reset or something some as a reset yeah. or as a maybe not even a reset as a forward okay as a go forward. forward okay 
And also, uh, the intent needs to be, again, measurable goals and achievable goals. Mm. A lot of people fail because they set big goals. Again, a goal is, I want to make more money this year. That's not really a goal. Everybody wants to make more money. You have to set something for yourself. Mm -hmm. Or, I want to lose weight this year. You can't just say that. You have to say, by March 1st, I want to lose, or I'm going to lose five pounds. Mm -hmm. And then, what can I do to achieve that? That's achievable, and that's measurable. Mm -hmm. That's important, too. And when you have a success, you feel good about that and you, you feel keep great. going, right? Versus a defeat, yeah. That's right. Timelines are good for people, sometimes not. Um, so those are really, really important. And then also be careful with the really big ticket goals. Try to do the small ticket goals. Those are much more achievable. I think all of us forget about the small ticket goals. Yeah. I think there is so much pressure for us in a in a world where social media tells us who we are and we don't we rarely stop to measure who we are by the little things that we do and the people around us. I think there's so much, um, there's so much value placed in in making those home runs than just showing up to the baseball field to play. That's right. And writing them down and having some record mm -hmm. of them and creating some structure on the timeline you're going to do is better. Sometimes telling others so you hold yourself accountable yeah. is also a good thing. Mm -hmm. That way, it's much more real. Um, and um, also, another thing to remember is, you know, is this resolution mine or is it someone else's? Mm. Is this something that someone told me to do or is it something that I really, really want to do? That's a good separation as well. I got to tell you, I'm wrestling with that right now. Mm. I, I don't know what I'm going to do for a new year. I know that I want to be home alone as I was last year. Um, I have a very, very dear friend who just she's a sister to me she she will do anything for me and I love her to death and she bought herself a ticket she's going to Paris she's going to spend some time in Europe having fun that's your happy place that is very much yeah. my happy place but I can't get myself to buy a ticket and I can give you all the rationalization about business and I got to be uh, thoughtful because we the market is very unstable I can give you all that rationalization and it's all very solid mm. and it's respectable and you guys would say Cecilia you're being your rational self and that's great but I don't know that the that the real reason why I'm not going is that I feel like I'm being pressured into and, and she doesn't mean to pressure me I feel I feel the pressure of I'm gonna do this to show the world that I'm okay and I'm going mm -hmm. to Paris and look at the great life she's living and I don't want to be, I don't want to manipulate myself into feeling. And I know that sounds like a first world problem to say, oh, I'm debating whether or not to go to Paris, but change Paris to Topeka, Kansas, if Topeka, Kansas was my happy place. Um, and I don't want to feel that way. But yet, if I don't, then what? And then I'm going to kick myself for not doing something fun. It's hard. That's why I think the distinction between this is something that I really want for me. Maybe it's been something that I've been thinking about for a long time. But if it involves pleasing somebody else or doing this for someone else, or again, it's someone else's idea, someone else, someone, something that someone thinks I should do, mm -hmm. and then I feel guilty that I haven't done it, maybe somebody influential in my life, then I think we run into trouble. Or, or something to, to show that I'm okay. To show, okay. A, 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 according to other people or many individuals, guidelines of, this means she's okay. She's getting beyond with her life. That's hard. That's a lot of pressure. Are you going to go to Paris? Probably not. Probably not. As much as Paris and France is my happy place. Because I can't tell you, I don't want to be home alone, but I can't tell you that I would be doing it. If it was March 3rd and you said, let's go to Paris, I'd say, hell yeah, let's go, <laughs> right? Because let's it's March it. 3rd. Why not? 
but it's oh it's the holidays and it's the new year and you have to and oh my gosh yeah that's too much gravitas for me you know having to do something it's the holidays oh you should go somewhere great and you should go meet your friend and Paris is probably wonderful it is I've been there for a new year it it is wonderful Um, it reminds me of when I was a little kid and the minute I heard my mother saying you need to you have to I'm, I'm the hands went on the hip and I'm like oh, oh yeah. let me tell you what what well, I there's a trigger right, right there right? <laughs> right I think I think we just got to the bottom of it or, or it's a big trigger right or the simple like, one is you <laughs> should be with family if you don't have family Christmas something's wrong with you you should have children you're a woman or I should have I don't know a wife or whatever that is uh, holidays bring out these you know these hard and fast rules that that's the way you should be doing mm. your life you know another thing we didn't talk about is self-medication holidays brings that out too alcohol consumption mm. and any kind of mood altering wow. substance is a big one too we see that go up during this time which well. celebrating is okay i've got a it's an escape wine refrigerator full of my favorite champagne that was just delivered which i have not touched it and probably won't but what you're talking about is is something different than just enjoying Right, so you go from family celebration to celebration, feeling down in the dumps mm. and medicating right. your depression with alcohol, which is a depressant. So you're medicating depression with a depressant. That's Those are two bad bedfellows. And when you're getting together, what's the first thing somebody does around the holidays is offer you a drink or Absolutely. a hot toddy or some eggnog or you're drinking. There's a lot of excessive drinking anyway. Especially New Year's Eve. Yeah. So how do you know the difference between I love the champagne or I love whatever this cocktail is or yeah. I'm doing this because I'm trying to numb numb my feelings yeah. well how do we have awareness for that I work in addiction as well too so um, you know the, the 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 markers are when you have a drink are you able to stop after one or two drinks mm. um, if not maybe you have a problem uh, do you drink to, to black out do you drink mm. to, to to not out um, also, you know, what are types, what are the types of things that have happened to you after drinking? Does your life unravel? Do you get DUIs? Mm-hmm. Do you get in trouble with your family? Do you lash out at people? So it's, it's not so much how much you drink, but it's also how you manage your life after you drink. And if you've got problems in there, you probably shouldn't be drinking over the holidays. Really? Yeah. I, I also understand that there's drinking and then there's all a bunch of other things that people do to to help them to get through cope the with, 62 days to get through the 62 that that should be I feel like that's almost like a like a pre-podcast for next year is preparing ourselves for the for the 62 days right and and it isn't with pills and and alcohol yeah. um, a lot of people sort of cruise through the holidays yeah. doing that but in the end that's not the best thing mindfulness right john is, is what will get us through it mindfulness again this kind of awareness that we're talking mm-hmm. about discussions that people don't usually have like the, again the holidays are coming around it's going to be a heavy time. Let's get ready for it. And I think coming out of our uh, the series that we did recently on friendship and relationships, I think what I've learned this year is yep. uh, is to take a a deeper appreciation and a deeper recognition of the relationships in my life and um, being able to hold them in equal importance and why they're important to me, both my my family uh, and my friends. And recognizing that I can be a better friend to my family members and be, choose to see them as someone that I choose to, see, to have in my life, just like I choose to have my friends in my life, and how to be a better family member to my friends from a different level mm. of commitment and responsibility. Mm. And I think if I, if I keep holding on to that. That's a nice holiday message. 
oh, thank you. I think if I keep holding on to that, if I keep diving into that, then I'm not alone. And I, I, I have people to be my, my emotional uh, uh, yeah. safety cushion. And although I'm not going to cuff with any of you all, but uh, <laughs> it will be a different loving feathered nest. That's nice because, you know, a lot of the holiday messages are also, you know, remember the needy, give mm-hmm. to others yeah. and be of assistance to others, which is great. I hope people carry that message with them as well, too. It doesn't necessarily involve, you know, big gift giving, but also like you just described, how can I give by also being a better person? How can I give by giving my best for that meal or for that week or for those three days? You know, what kind of a person can I be with them? Uh, you mentioned kind of tolerating your mother in the best way that yeah. you can because you can't fix her, but you learn how to listen to her and give yeah. her positive regard. That's a beautiful yeah. message too. Well, something Cecile just said, which I wrote down, is be a good family member. And I want to take that into the holidays when I go back to Florida. Correct. Because I know I'll be triggered. I know I'm going to want to say things. I'll feel that tension, you know, start to boil up in me. But just like I've done recently with with some friends where I've applied some of the friendship topics. I'm so proud of you for that, Juan. um, You know, uh, I'm going to take that with me is just be a a good family member, be a good son, be a good family member. And she's not going to be around forever. And I I don't want to, Mm -hmm. you know, have any any guilt about that, which I don't think I will, but... um, yeah, that's what I'm I'm doing that. So thank you, Cecile, for saying that. Just be a good family member. Just be as best as the best you can be. Yeah. In an honest way with yourself. In an honest way with yourself. Right. I, when I would go back home, I used to summon my best <laughs> mindfulness before I walked <laughs> in that You're door. doing a prayer <laughs> sign. And, <you> were, yes. <laughs> and say, you know, in, in those days in yeah. my thirties and forties, you know, I'm a whatever, I'm a forty one year old man. My father doesn't own me. You know, what he says is just what he says. I have a life back in Los Angeles. That's right. I'm going to get back to it. Right. right. He did raise me. He's a good man. But underneath all of that, I mean, underneath that, he's a good man. I'm not going to let what he says bother me. And sometimes I handled it pretty well. And that was being a good family member because I'm not there to change my dad. I'm really not. It's going to be World War III if I tried to do that. Wow. Be a good family member. Be a good friend. It's pretty, I mean... It's it's simple. It's nice. It's simple. It's simple, and I can wrap my head around that. Yeah. And and I, when I think about the things that really challenged me this year, um, and when I just distill down to yes, thinking that we might go back into wearing masks again because of COVID, thinking about all this, that just triggers me, and I want to lose my mind and say, oh hell no, because that's very hard for me, or the markets, or um, business or anything else or my health uh, or my leg um, or losing my dance partner which was very traumatic um, I think the, the hardest thing was recognizing that I'm alone and not giving into that not giving into the sadness of that not giving into the stigma of that not giving into the the endless statistics that we read yes. and then wanting to to quickly gravitate to my family but they all have their own lives they all have their own things that are happening and then seeing them with their children and their children's children now and and then I want to recoil so that really kicked my almost the life out of me but then stopping and saying well how can I be a better sister to them how can I be a better aunt and how can Mm -hmm. I create more space to have a um more loving relationships with them and and the same thing with my friends being more more patient and more understanding and not so um 
hard line about things. And um, and I think that that's going to help. It's it's a process, but I think it's going to help. That's a beautiful awareness. It really is. It's a hard awareness, John. And that's why I say mm. limit the time with the family, lower the expectations, throw perfectionism out the window. Um, and you know, I used to always say that I when I from my I was at dinner with my father during the holidays. When he would start talking, I could feel my age dropping <laughs> quickly. A teenager. Well, that's that's a that's a if we could bottle that, John, and sell that. <laughs> and sometimes I'd have to excuse myself from the table and go into the bathroom and say, "John, you're an adult. Go back in there and just allow him to be just you. be who he yeah. is." Yeah. But again, being that better person, being that better family member, despite the stigma, despite being alone, all of that stuff. That's a really, really nice message. Well, thank you. Um, I would love for you to come and join us at the beginning of next year so we can bring, uh, with your help, more loving and kind and supportive messages to our listeners. I think we have learned a lot this year. I think we have grown a lot this year. Mm -hmm. And I feel uh, an abundance of love and kindness. And you're right. I do want to encourage everybody to go out there. And if you're stressing about having the budget to give to these crazy presents to people, maybe just give more of yourself. And And also to give yourself Mm self-compassion, which we don't do very often too. Mm -hmm. You know, we're very good at giving other people a lot of compassion, but Mm -hmm. we forget to give it to ourselves. And to be that good family member, I have to learn to be okay with me. I have to like me. I have to be um, forgiving of myself for maybe uh, holidays in the past where I was not my best or things between the people you're about to be with that you didn't handle yourself the best, but to give yourself that compassion. I cannot think of any other way, better way to end our 50th podcast than with that message, John. Thank you for being such a good friend to to Juan and Sean and I, and thank you for being such a good friend to Ends With Z. Thanks, this one was fun. Really fun, and happy holidays to all our listeners, and we'll be back very soon. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends With Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter. Music.